Unlistenable. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We need welcome back to the basement, basement dwellers. <laughs> this is that is gonna be how we start the episode, folks. Welcome oh, to God. a unfurnished business episode. What do we call these? I forgot about it. <laughs> That's the title. I'm dying over here. Um we are here to recap. For you folks, what has been going on in the last few episodes? Take a look back, chat, see what's cracking with the crew. I am Kevin Rambram. We don't usually have like bits that we go around the horse with, but if y'all want to introduce yourselves and who you play, did you that's say great. go around the horse? Go around the horse. Or, yes. Or did you say go around? The, okay. Yeah. She'll it's be coming go around, around the, the mountain. When she comes, and it's, I'll be coming around the horse. Sorry. Right, come. That okay. Oops. Let's uh, go around the horn. What's up, guys? That's fine. My name is Thomas Holes. <laughs> Uh, and you might have thought, so wait a second, that guy's dead. Well, that was just a bit that we did during the show. Oh. On the bonus episode, I will reveal I am alive and well and excited Holy to talk shit. about the show. But I play, oh, sorry, in the show, I play Nurse Leslie. It's <laughs> really hoping to get her take on the chapter, to be honest. Luke, what's cracking, my dude? Folks, my name is Luke. I am the Torontonian born man. Who You're not boarded from? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm sorry. Do you, have, do you have a fact checker on like on collar or what? On collar? Yeah, with the horse. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Snope yeah. said that yeah. that was probably true. <laughs> Is this inappropriate to ask where everybody was born? Now I'm intrigued. Where we're all born? Yeah. I, I, I think it's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> um, no, I was born. I was born in Winnipeg. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Jesse. Yep, Winnipeg. Victoria Hospital, Hospital to be Luke. specific. Uh, also born in Winnipeg. Get him! He's lying! <laughs> oh, we got him! Oh, oh, we got him. This is gotcha journalism, all right? This is and I don't need to answer because we got Luke, which was the goal all along. <laughs> no, I was yeah. born in Winnipeg, but I was born specifically on a silver spoon. <laughs> oh. On a silver spoon? You not with one in your mouth? Uh, Somebody was eating, was eating him. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a horse horn situation there. Yeah, Sorry, sort of go, go around. We're going to go around the horse. What about you, Tash? Oh, wow. Where were you born? Did you so have like, an interesting story? I'm the story? only weirdo. I was born Martin. in Regina, Saskatchewan. Whoa, oh, really? That's like, that's like beef for most, like, you know, tribalistic Winnipeggers. I know, right? I, yeah. guess, I guess I'm done here, folks. This is my last episode. <laughs> get her! I thought we were going to get Luke, but we're going to get you. No. Wow. Um, wow. Well... There's no real rhyme or reason or format to these episodes. Um, beyond us, yeah, we always we always reveal where we're born. Oh yeah, by the way, I'm Natasha. I play Riel. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to say who you all yeah. are, Luke. Uh, I don't think you even said who you were. Maybe because, he said his name was Luke. Maybe because you people called me a liar the moment I started talking. You maybe did that's lie. why. But you did lie. <laughs> you I'm not saying that record. people were wrong. I'm saying they cut me off fruit, before so. more <laughs> info. I play Frank, the fucking blood pad, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that's true. I don't know what to believe. Des despite the fact that there's no rhyme or reason, I think if you're a new listener, and I know it's hard to get into a D&D podcast, but I feel like these bonus episodes could serve a little bit as like a, let's get you up to speed. So if you want to start listening to chapter five, 
We're going to tell you what's yeah. been happening in the story. Yeah. That should be our express intent with this. It, it Hopefully it stays relatively railed, but we'll, we'll check about that. Jesse Bergen. Hi, yeah. I am Jesse Bergen. I play Dr. Bronson, uh, who has actually not appeared on air yet, but oh. works in the hospital with Nurse Leslie. <laughs> oh. I also play Old McGinty. <laughs> Dr. Bronson. <laughs> Pierce? Yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's my Bronson. Never mind. <laughs> um, we'll go around the horse on that. <laughs> Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson. <laughs> Famous prisoner. Um, <laughs> Famed prisoner. <laughs> Folks, we have... Re- <clears throat> wow. <laughs> oh, my God. We have <laughs> completed the Helmover journey... Um, we have we have we have made our way through this this new town. It's a bustling city, this port trading city. Um, our first episode that we are recapping today is under Groundhog Day, episode thirty five, um, which might be one of the more loony episodes that we've uh, ever, or, or like like it was coming off of the heels of maybe the strangest ending to an episode we've ever had, which is when Frank reset the day with the wild eye, at uh, at the. Um, uh, at the event, the trial of Mondor. Um, so, uh, if if you folks remember, uh, we did sort of like uh, we were we were like almost on our way out of our Underdark arc, and then we did this reset the day thing. Kind of had to like go back and be like, okay, how do what happened here? Um, and we ended up finding our way eventually through this because uh, because you went you went back in time you went back you you rail re. Flirted with the oh heck yes uh, <laughs> the uh, coquettishly yeah coquettishly the word <laughs> we just think, learned no, today no that was the first time this redo was like full on aggression <laughs> yeah aggression yeah. I think you decided it says in in this recap notes that we have here Rail decides not to kiss the hot shopkeeper a noose dresses like beer guy McGinty can't remember slash understand time loop right. Frank dresses like Mac tonight. And then, oh right, and you guys like that was a big episode for for Frank tonight lore. Yeah, um, and the drinking, and the drinking. This was when when Anus like coated his mouth with crepes, and you guys went drinking because McGinty, you had that drinking contest with the severed strand knowledge at yes. the at Serenity's web. That's right. The That's drinking right. contest was so funny. I don't know if that was this episode <laughs> where, or was it that was. last season where? No, it was. Oh, no, it was yeah, this yeah, season. yeah, yeah. Um, it was incredible. Uh, it was. I this think. Is... I think the one where I got super wasted was the previous episode because McGinty thinks he's hungover, and that's why the oh, day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you're right. I don't remember it. Yeah, yeah. This why this time but, you go back. You don't have to drink. I'm a little you, like, smarter, a little wiser. Same yeah. age though. I'm not older. No, there's the like yeah, for a noose <laughs> for a noose this season. He's kind of just like in his adolescent phase just like trying on different identities every episode like, yeah i love he's, it that, that he's starting to wrestle with his religious faith and so he's been like a beer guy he's been a sugar <laughs> dude he's been a newspaper man he's been yeah, a stand-up he's finding his comic. purpose yeah. yeah but i think i the, like it the most important part of this episode is what happens with frank by far yeah we got to talk yes. about that so frank murders and murders two people two people <laughs> Uh, in in like cold a, blood, a, he, a he, horrific way. He traps them in a closet, I think, and then casts fireball on them. Look, he was Frank was in a in a rough spot. I don't know if you noticed this, but <laughs> Frank is gentle natured overall. He is he's a man of of peace and life and death, tied into a nice little crepe of creativity, which. <laughs> 
which ha does have lingering traumas from his competitive sports past. We right. It's true. I, I we know that Frank, Frank used to play Tarask ball. He did. Right? And was I'm Frank sure that traumatized playing Tarask ball? We don't know. That's, That's the, the flashback we need to see. We might see. Luke and I have legitimately discussed Tarask ball and its effects on Frank. I would love to <laughs> see that. Specifically <laughs> the concussions he suffered over many games. It's, it's a, for a t-ball, it's like a real full contact sport. There's a, there's a lot of consequence. Frank hung out with the wrong crowd. In those in those games, uh, like what, like his team, his team. He yeah. hung up with his team, and that was the problem, really. Yeah, and also just remember that he was in an adult education school, so these are not like children; right. these are adults. Yeah, so they know the stakes. Was Frank stakes. dipping when he played Tarask ball? <laughs> Look, when his past catches up with him, when his old team shows up, which I have a feeling at some point they will. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in this very recap. Archie Jughead and like the game. <laughs> Duh. Hey, Frank. This is the high school sports team. It's just um, sports bring out the worst in Frank. Like, you you might think when he accidentally murdered his entire class, that's his worst. It is not. It is when he is playing competitive sports. Uh, yeah. Wow. Wait, is it just sports or would it be any kind of situation that could turn competitive? I think it's more on the sports side like maybe it's gonna lean into like who could buy the most potions kind of thing but yeah like frank likes to win right like you just like to win you're frank competitive fucking guy. loves winning so he tries to stay he tries to stay out of things he tries to like focus on the emotional the heart because as soon as it gets down to like the numbers shit like big numbers that's a problem what's important is that frank won he won legitimately he got his prize there were casualties, which I'm sure they signed waivers for. So, really, who's to say, did anyone do anything wrong? But I don't know. Is, is Frank? Frank is very haunted by this. You've made many choices gonna, that's during exactly the what story I was ask. of him, like, staring off into space, like, <laughs> like red-eyed, just like... <laughs> I don't know that Frank is as laissez-faire as Luke Cecilon is. Oh, no, no. Frank, uh, Frank was asleep over this. Luke does not. <laughs> I, I will say like like kevin gave us these like beautiful magical weapons equipment to use which i just like never used once and then the first time i used it just it just blew up it literally blew up <laughs> killing people you did you did roll badly oh absolutely that one i believe yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I was like, man. I baked in like I baked in like certain unusual consequences to certain items, and Frank's just rolled really poorly. And the the one thing it did was like shatter to pieces if you rolled it really poorly. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. I feel like this is sort of the worst thing anyone in our party has done in the campaign, right? Probably just um, straight up like ethically and morally. Yeah, like I mean, uh, th that was pretty bad and uh, I mean, we'll, we'll maybe talk a little bit later about Frank what Fra like cuz like this is sort of like touched Frank in a way. Like he outside of the Twisted Opera House later on after you guys fight the robots and there's those families grieving over their corpses True. Frank goes and, also, and pops oh, the bones yeah. out to create. Uh, and like and we like role played out like a full conversation with the family and like it was it was That's, terrible. That has you all been played members of the family. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of my fav my favorite running joke from lately is just Frank 
every time we, he needs a new skeleton, it's like the most inappropriate. Like it's Jacob. <laughs> it's like someone who it really yeah. shouldn't be every time, which I actually yeah. Love. It started off being like <laughs> villains, right? It was like like yeah. like um, the local was, morgue. Um, Felina yeah. and uh, and and like I think Wreath's body. Um, not Wreath. Wreath's still alive. still alive. Yeah, it's Felina's body, and then it was like a few slain people, like you know, random random NPCs. It's getting more personal every time. I, yeah. I, I do want to say, not a not a fan. I, I don't have to do that at all. I didn't re- I didn't realize it until like, the last few episodes. But like I don't know, level four or five. I can just summon skeletons from anywhere. I do not like need from the ether, so he doesn't have to no. be pulling them from the bo- well, corpses of the people. Is this maybe like Frank, Frank's twisted way, but in a sweet way, like being like on. trying to like hold their memory alive, hundred yeah. percent, these people back to just yeah, so we can yeah. be in our lives for just a little bit longer, just calling them <laughs> bad bone puns yeah. instead of their real and name. like sending them into like I will always remember you, Jacob combat. as Chris Spy. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, yeah uh, legit a little bit pissed about that. To be <laughs> like, as he should be. <laughs> I think we can agree. Um, we we all like Frank. Let's move on to the next story. Well, yeah, we, <laughs> we all like Frank. We visited we like with Frank. the dragon that Rail spent much a of her life with. Yeah, yeah. How was it? What What did you think about that, Tash? Running into Azurinmar and how that all played out. Like, what did you think was going to happen before you met the? Because you knew you were going to head towards it. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I guess like in previous talks with you, I had inklings that it was going to happen and I was excited. What I was upset about was how poorly I was rolling and even more upset that like a noose won the challenge. <laughs> the We were mad at each other. You guys there was like, some real tension. There was some heat in this goddamn room. Oh man! So People mad. were when a noose like cast like the protections. What was it? you like made it so that the, the that they could like only attack you instead of the instead of Zuri? We right? didn't even like, get a turn. The avatar, yeah. Yeah, everybody so, likes was, a noose. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so so. Yeah, I mean, it was fun to role play out this like. It's it's always fun to like meet a being that's just so powerful there's no yeah. way you guys could easily just be like well we're gonna beat him up so um it's we, cool we could have though <laughs> if we really wanted to we could have beat him. <laughs> All right, um, but i don't know i really liked it and this seems to be oops a commonality uh in this podcast where there could be really somewhat heavy heavier emotional moments mm. and then they're cut or juxtaposed with like just complete absurdity to like release the tension which i found that definitely happened here because i definitely wanted to convey and i hope that they came across that rail was very uh invested in this dragon and like really distraught on the deterioration i guess of their relationship and then there is like fucking the news just coming in being like i'm winning this fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> which i loved um and it the dice helped tell stories kind of like how rail was like just rolling super shitty it just worked really really well I yeah yeah no, i mean we're we're nothing if not capable of undercutting each other's serious moments with uh as you described, absurdity. Um, that's for sure. No, there was, but but the dragon gave you guys all gifts. What did you? What do you all remember from interacting with this big ass dragon? Um. Well, Rael's mom might be alive, right? That was the big like story beat from this, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Kynan revealed, I think it was Kynan revealed um, that there had been word from before before he sort of sent you on your way into Helmover mm-hmm. and you said goodbye to Kynan, who decided to, with Azur and Mar, kind of head back into the caves and, and perhaps try to aid the rebellion. Um, he, he had revealed to you that there was whispers that um, nobody had yet found that there had never been a body found uh, um, when it came to the death of your mother. Mm. Um, because when you were a child, you remember your mother being impersonated by Lolth and then mm-hmm. attacking your father and attacking you. But you're not sure what happened to your mother. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, that was sort of one of the big, um, oh, shit moments of, of, this, uh, of this big old dragon fight. Yeah. And I find that that's perfect that Thomas remembered that and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Anus once again winning in the cave he of Azurinmar. <laughs> there's, there's something about evil deities impersonating mothers that really stands out to me. I don't know why, but <laughs> it always, like, kind of lands for my character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. There was... Um, you know, you guys also got to meet Durgit, which was one of my favorite people to voice during this, uh, which was that, like, weird gnome that was hiding and hurt and hiding in rocks um, that had been attacked by Azur and Mar. Yeah, um, we were really proud of us because we didn't kill it at, on first sight. Yeah, 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 that's, that's right. It's a low bar. <laughs> um, but we headed off into Helmover, you know. Um, uh, quick question. Was that kind of, like, the first time that your characters had seen a creature li- like that, like non-humanoid-ish? Or like dragon of, stuff? Of that, like, like, like grandeur? Yeah. Like that gnome, you mean? <laughs> That's what I thought you were saying. <laughs> a weird That's the first time any of you encountered a weird, little, a weird little hurt gnome. <laughs> well, it just, like, because yeah. we ran into, like, two huge, grandiose creatures this Yeah, we sort, of, we sort of bookended them, yeah. Yeah, and I just wondered if any of your characters have run into these Sorts before. Or it was Some big, big boy thing. bookends. Yeah. Big boy bookends. <laughs> That's I don't, what it's called. I don't. <laughs> big boy bookends. I don't bookends. know. If, I mean, this, I think the dra- this was probably the biggest, most powerful thing McGinty's ever seen. Like, it's a huge ancient dragon. Yeah. Like, I don't think it gets much, unless it's like a literal god, I don't think you get much, like, more powerful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It was cool to, like, have that Kevin and painting him under the treasure was, like, really cool and having him shift and move. Yeah. 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 I don't think a noose had other than the <laughs> fake mirage dragon that we like ran through in that earlier episode. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> right. Which Azuramar was bigger than. Yeah. Like that you guys I think I think that I believe that was the illusion of an adult dragon. Um Azuramar would be an ancient dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't Frank also get a spice from this interaction? He got the Frigus crystals. Yeah. Um yes, that were that were turned into Frigus spice itself. Yes, that was right. Yeah. There was the like uh, that was the way in which go ahead. I th- like I don't think Frank's seen anything that like that big or like epic tier. I think Frank has more experience with like weird grotesque realmy stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, he's seen some freaks, but never uh <laughs> never a big dragon. <laughs> Frank in a circus. Frank, I want to see the freaks. Frank has seen some freaks. <laughs> Freaky Frank day over here. I'm going to definitely Frank ask day. a question about that in our Q&A. Who's the freakiest freak Frank has ever seen? From a flashback that we've seen, we know that McGinty has interacted with large, you know, crazy beasts of, of different styles in his adventures, but... Um, oh yeah, but he's but lived a, he's lived a life, Kevin. Yes, yeah. No, but this was probably the yeah. the biggest for sure. 
Cool. So, and he gave you all gifts um, as yeah. well, if you remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, that gift you, you know, became uh, a real running joke. The pipe of the sewers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The fucking pipe of the sewers. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I had like I think what I did was have different items selected for each of you depending on how you placed in the interaction. So like if you if you'd yeah. been placed first, you'd get a different item. Uh, but like each person had specific ones specific to them. Because so, I didn't want like you know Rael to get something that would only really be effective for McGinty because they placed third. Because firstly, you guys would all just trade stuff. Yep, and immediately. It also, it also isn't as fun, right? Like or I want, sell it. I want things to kind of be like I want you to have like ramifications for how you perform, but it all be like character based. So um, I was like different, like interesting tool. Hey, Frank, you you got a portable hole. Right? I did. I had a little like fabric cape thing that uh, has right that that has just a hole. That's we use that to try to steal uh, that grandfather clock. We dropped a clock into that. Oh, hole. that's right. You also hit it. You also <laughs> hit it for a while before Matt Jackson attacked you. Yep. Speaking of, of, yes, yes, that of maybe. So we, we, I'm gonna, yeah, segue over us to maybe the hardest creature we've ever fought. Like <laughs> the most damage, the most dangerous, the hardest to hit. Matt Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Who had a character name that I writ that wrote that was not Mad Jackson that never came up. Like Mad Jackson was his persona in that he was going under as like a disguise. Oh. Well. But nobody ever like you guys never really well, we didn't, talked we to him didn't outside chat of the with him because no. he was trying to kill us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. A little nuts and driven to kill you. Well, so. and this and this you was really care to share? Or go ahead. I could share. Yeah, his his name was Palik Monroe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse thinks that's hilarious. Yeah, stick Sorry to all the leaks out there. <laughs> Let's stick with that. Yeah. Just, Monroe is just such a normal name. Yeah. It's just like Dr. Marvin yeah. Monroe yeah. <laughs> killing our <laughs> I This oh, was the man. scene where like McGinty was increasingly paranoid and worried about the assassin and was absolutely yeah. correct while a noose and Frank got... <laughs> Blitzed in the lobby of the tavern. And then, oh yeah! And then Anus died like later that evening. Like it was such a like you did this to yourself, and now you're literally that dead. Was, and Frank, could that was the end of the beer guy arc. Yeah, that was you. That was you, like on your party yeah. bro arc, kind of wrapping it up and getting killed. Anus now like we remember, pours fantasy high schools and tells people that story. Like, yeah, I used to drink. <laughs> Till I got killed by Polik Monroe. He'll <laughs> <laughs> kill you too if you don't. In a very like, no, there was in a sincere quiet. like playing moment that lined up so beautifully with the wild eye casting silence oh, on the space. Oh my god! Like, yeah. Maybe the most cinematic moment yeah. in the show so like, far. Like that was scary like, and cool. I'm like, yeah, yeah, accidentally casting silence and then that removing your ability to to heal a noose for literally what was it five seconds? I think you had like that, a, that a, a window, window was so yeah yeah. And then you were able to like cast cast your spell and bring him back. Right. And and I think you rolled nearly perfectly on the revival as well, didn't you? On revival, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I think no did. no consequence yeah. on that roll. Yeah, which is crazy. Like, yeah, that's uh, that's hard to do. So I think it was a thing where like because Anus came in the initiative right after Frank, you were able to save him. But if Anus, if you would have been before Frank, you were just straight up and permanently dead. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. how that worked. Oh, and boy. Because it's Frank, wild. Because when Frank <laughs> used the wild eye, it was like a window of time that had just ended, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yep. Because of the, yeah, that's, that was that was nuts. 
Yeah, um, this was a funny moment too because like I obviously I was glad that I got revived, but it was an interesting thing as a player because I was like, oh damn, like my character's dead. I'm gonna have to figure this out. And then it was just like, yeah. you're back. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm fine. Like, it's I, like I'm already processing grief. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was kind of excited to have to like be someone new. And then it was like, no, Anus is here. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is one of those like sticky things that Luke and I kind of had to talk about a little bit when we when we were implementing a necromancer into the campaign and revivify and like what, you know, you want it to have stakes, right? You want to make sure that you folks can die. So there needs to be room for Revivify to not work, um, which is, uh, and and there needs to be room for it to work with negative consequences, which is why we have that table that I think I've shared with you folks. But like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, it's true. It's like, that's the scary thing about this. But I, I think it was a nice, um, you know, we were very, very close. That's a good example yeah. uh, in yeah. the episode of like how close we could be to. There's, there's literally like a one dice roll that stopped you from, from, yeah. from not having to roll a new character for, for the next episode. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. I just want to say congrats, Kevin, on totally getting us with the Mad Jackson. I didn't suspect Ooh. him. I'm glad. I was just trying to, trying to help a guy out. Did you really not and, think at uh, all that he was going to be a, an assassin? I knew there was something up with him, but I thought I thought it had more to do with this poison right. sub, sub line, and I did water, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you got me. Yeah, Good. Rail missed the whole <laughs> thing there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rail's just hiking in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> a second thing that Kevin got us with in that episode was that Quinn was hiding in the closet while oh! he died. <laughs> <laughs> And you did nothing. Truly, truly what I I haven't talked to Quinn enough about what that experience must be like. But and and just listeners, for those of you that don't know, Quinn is not here today because he was uh, I texted him this morning being like, hey, any chance you're able to make this record today? And he said, no, he was going to the gym and then going to play another D&D game. So (laughs) sorry, I want to get and then play D&D with my jock friends. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, so Quinn's like... playing D&D with more muscular, harder people than us, you know? Um, yeah, so everyone take that to the bank. Um, yeah, they have a video podcast. Yeah, yeah, you for a reason. Watch yeah. <laughs> Their D20 is just like a medicine ball that they have to, like, hug, o- hug over. <laughs> they have to do shot put like for every roll. They have a firefighter calendar with all of them on it. You flip to a different page. <laughs> Their D4 is like a protein... Powder pill. Oh, no. <laughs> you wanted to bring it home, didn't you, Jesse? I wanted a third thing. Yeah. I just wanted a third thing, and then I, I couldn't stick the landing. Oh man! But maybe we can talk oh. about like Quinn's arc, like the whole yeah. thing, like just yeah. having Let's Quinn talk as a about guest, Taran how that changed stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because I had to, I had to kind of like kind of prompts you guys along to be like, get to the fucking opera house after all this shit happened. And people were like, no, I think I want to like take a rest. And I'm like, there's a man in the closet. Like, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah. Uh, How, how, how was that moment for you folks? I want to talk a little bit about like the reveal because I didn't, I didn't get to like indulge in that quite as much as I would have in the episode, um, given all the context, but like, I'm assuming it like I'm assuming no one had any idea that Quinn was in there. No, no, nope. yeah, absolutely zero idea. Um, did any of you think I was going to be bringing a guest on the show at any point? No, nope. no. Yeah, I would have thought you would have talked to us first. Yeah, I mean that would be that would be. <laughs> it, nice, it was a real. It was a real breach of trust actually uh, at that moment. So. <laughs> did you say bridge of trust? <laughs> Bre- Sorry, I just, yeah. breach, man, breach. 
<laughs> it's a real horse of trust. We we yeah. go down to Kevin's basement. We we promise that we're gonna take care of each other, and then all of a sudden, some rando is uh, our rando. close friend. Oh, you're, yeah. <laughs> Burst through the wall, pretty much. Oh yeah. <laughs> like and and like listeners, the way that I I like I I sort of like unmuted Quinn's microphone, and it kind of looked like I pushed a button on our mixer. Well, I did push a button on our mixer, so people thought I was triggering a song. Yeah. Because Quinn was in there with his guitar, yep. and he started playing, and then. And just the way the room is laid out, you can't really see the closet unless you're sitting in a very specific seat, which I think was Luke's. It was just me. I'm the only person uh, who saw him. Yeah. So <laughs> I, yeah, I thought that was a recording for like a good 15 seconds. Like <laughs> I did I, not. And then I saw Luke's reaction, and I thought he was just reaction reacting to the recording. So it was still like. Yeah, this is great. But I should have okay, Luke. Wow, you're really into I, this. I will say, I feel like, like my reaction was fairly big, and the fact that Tash saw that and was like, "I'm not gonna check." <laughs> it's just not. Luke was holding up a sign that said, "He's right behind you." To Tash, <laughs> it's not worth the energy. Apparently, he's right very, behind very me, fun. isn't he? One of those <laughs> playing a song in a closet. Yeah, I, I had but no, I had worse yeah, perspective because I was on <laughs> on Zoom. So as this happened, like <laughs> I genuinely just heard stuff, and it was such a surreal experience. When Quinn started sitting down, I was like, "Why is everyone grinning and like looking at yeah. each other? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? You're all just on my phone still. Who cares? Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. But I got to I got to do a, a, a very um, a very like I got to write a song for the show, which is a fun thing to get to do. Like Quinn and I kind of worked together on it, but I sort of sent Quinn what I wanted the lyrics to be like, and then he kind of you know framed them up in his song in his way, and that was a fun fun uh, moment. And and we got to create this sort of really weird space, this twisted opera house, which then started to fall to pieces um, in in the stormy weather of of Helmover. Um, That's maybe my favorite like set piece. Yeah, that we've done. I that think. was cool. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. very cool. Yeah, it's a cool building, and it's, it's a cool, like it's a good cool, concept. The upside down ship is a fun like notion, you know. Um, Frank got launched through the hole, <laughs> which uh, in 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 the in the you know mess of you trying to fix it, sort of at the at the button point, Frank got Frank got tossed. I think because you enlarged the, the bear the bear bar bear tender. Bear tender. There we the go. Bear, the bear bar. <laughs> yeah, the bear tender. And then he tossed you through the hole, and you like got caught in like the the banner, which McGinty saved you from. Um, and you guys saw the, the, the loot floating away with some robots uh, at the that's beginning right. of the episode after robots, that. Robots, folks. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Mechanical men attacked you. Um, yeah, what, what were you guys' thoughts about things regarding, like, these these mechanical creatures, Tula Darkfinger, like, the sort of, like, arcane meets um, android stuff that we were kind of dealing with a little bit. Um, uh, you know, stuff like this with the loot and... And the, you know, the little bit, it was a little bit of like a mini mystery I kind of baked in here of like the missing loot and where it went and why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I like the mechanical draw, creatures. That was fun. That felt like a bit of a like Wizard of Oz scene or like, you know, <laughs> I guess they don't show up in the movie, but in the books, there's those like weird TikTok creatures the the mechanical steampunk guys and for oh, some I reason see some that's... weird tiktok creatures every time i go to the mall <laughs> hey, hey. hey i'm sorry hey <laughs> you hate zoomers um, yeah, a little 
But yeah, I don't know. I just I'm dug it as a different to. kind of enemy. I, I'm curious how that's going to... If it might continue in other ways just because... Yeah, the mechanical element was exciting. Yeah. Anus got to be able to like willy-nilly attack these things without worrying about the ethics of it all, which that's was right. nice. Um, you know, yeah. I'm kind of curious on Riel's side. Oh, sorry, Thomas, you had more to add? I was just going to say I could finally kill chat GPT, but you can go ahead. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm, okay, since you brought that up now, there was a... This, this is... In our chat, we obviously talk and like try to figure out episode stuff, and there was a day where I think Kevin posted this review, and I read it, and I was like... That, that's pretty good. That feels authentic. I'm glad they're, they're touching on, like, the heart and the politics. And I was, like, genuinely satisfied that this is a perspective that is being taken. And I was like, guys, this is this is pretty good. And then everyone's like, Luke, this, it's a chatbot. It's not real. And I was, and I was like, kind of sad. I'm like, oh. Yeah, as a casual bit, I had gone to ChatGPT and I'd just been like, write a, write a review of the podcast, what we do in the basement, of the Let's Play oh, D&D podcast, man. what we do in the basement. And it was just like a very generic ChatGPT word blurb about, you know, a positive review about a podcast. And then Luke was like, but so it did, it gave him weirdly a lot of credit for being like, like doing like, like activism the right through thing. the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is true. We we do. Yeah, we, we change the world. Yeah, we're elect your children today. Go to the go to the polls and put kids' names in the ballot boxes. Um, that's that's the lesson to learn from what we do in the basement. Oh, I didn't know that that was a, like an AI. Oh, <laughs> oh, Tash is learning this in, in real yeah. on air. <laughs> no, we've not received I mean, those kind words from a human being. I thought it was more being. like a troll or some sort, but I didn't realize it was like... <laughs> a, tr- a troll? Did you read it? It was so nice. What trolls do you spend time with? It talked, talked specifically about Luke's personality traits and what it likes about him. No, um... That's... Luke, you had a question for Tash. Oh, yes, yes, uh, I did. Then the chatbot took over. Um, so, like, Rael, I know... Uh, has a history with a noose, and it was like, oh, they like just doesn't like a noose. I get it, I see it, and then, and then Quinn shows up with uh, Whisker. What, what what was the name? Whis- Funny Whiskers. Taryn Fullwind. Taryn Fullwind. <laughs> Funny Whiskers. Um, Whiskers Tar- you know, uh, Taryn Fullwind, and immediately Rael's just like butting heads. They want to do opposite things, and I was like, is is this a personality thing, actually, with Riel? Does, does Riel start? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Like yeah, in like in my um, write up, it's like my ideals are the skeptic, like distrustful and distracted, and doesn't trust any strangers or something sure. like that. So a new like, musician shows up, all your friends are taken with him. You're like, I don't know if I trust this fucking guy. Yeah, fuck this guy. And just like <laughs> it was the same thing with Udon and like the amount of people that I just like. Cut or like shot without really thinking beforehand. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's definitely a character trait thing that I'm trying to get across. The only one oh, that yeah. I think that's like broken down that barrier is the wonderful, beautiful Lorenzo. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right. that's because he's hot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it goes a long way. It goes a long way. Who we're yes. like, I'm really missing. I think is he gonna make an appearance in the we next chapter? We haven't. Yeah, yeah. I've been interested <laughs> to see if anyone's. Well, I mean, like we know uh, Malachite at the end of the last episode told you folks that that Willowhelm was in um you know in a little bit of unrest and there has been some uh 
all, all the whole country of Danatar is a little unsure about its future because it's got a child king now. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and the future's looking bright. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Lorenzo, who helped try to organize the new government, um, and then may or may not have found his his uh, his work to be in vain, um, is is probably stuck somewhere in Elderock or Willowhelm trying to figure it out right now. But who knows? But also, what the like in subject. hiding from Wreath, I. Presume. Hiding, maybe hiding from the Severed Strand, you know. The, the, the Pale Hope was an organization that was, like, doing some things that uh, was involved in a lot of different ways with different stuff and had mm-hmm. some history. So we're not really sure what specifically they're doing and with whom. Um, but I think last you left Lorenzo, he was escaping with Hargrave and Alador, mm-hmm. if I'm right, um, after being attacked by Wreath. In the uh, that's right in that's the, in right. the political sort of uh, right. child election. Uh, I do want to remind you uh, that you do have a pocket Lorenzo at any given time that you can. Oh my god, that's <gasps> that right! He made so, you a hair doll oh of Lorenzo. I just you know, that. like did where... I write that down? I hope I did. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you have pocket Lorenzo in your inventory. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So you know, like I um, hope that I hope that becomes a literal voodoo doll, and we can like, <laughs> you can, like influence him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's replaced where I kept that imp for the longest time. It's now in my belt. Sure. There. Yeah. Instead of a dead imp, you have dead hair of Lorenzo. Um, <laughs> hairs are always dead. Nerd corner. <laughs> yeah, there nerd corner is that hair is always dead. Um, all right. So yeah. You guys go, you know, you, you followed through the swamps, you went, uh, you, you went shopping, you did, uh... <laughs> As we do. <laughs> well, well, one of, one of my you favorite moments... Sh- you gotta oh, shop. Oh, you I gotta shop. You, okay, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I just, because you reminded me, is like, through this entire arc, didn't really, did Frank have a makeover episode, or was he looking Mac like tonight. Mac tonight the entire time? <laughs> I believe Mac tonight was around the whole time, right, Frank? For some reason, I thought I went more hipster down the line. <laughs> I think... Was it when we left the Underdark the second time? Did you do, like, braids and stuff? Oh, no, 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 no. That was when we first... Braids was first. That was what we called the breakup makeover. Um, yeah. I th- I thought that I, th- I did, but I can't quite remember. I no, you I- didn't. You didn't because remember when we were at Hutton Darsh's? You were a moon in out the window. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the moon yeah. looking in, judging the, the kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judging. It's all coming back to me. It's all coming back. <laughs> Shit, am I, um, I still? I got man. Frank's got to change it up. Still our Mac tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, uh, well, um, the the other thing I really wanted to mention um, about about that arc that I thought was fun and ridiculous was when we um, we were uh, we were in the low lady's shop and Frank decided he was going to try and impersonate McGinty a little bit more and be more like McGinty. <laughs> yeah. And the low lady had stolen from you and you guys had sort of observed it without actually confronting her about it yet. And then you turned the shop sign to close <laughs> and said some sort of badass line like, I'm sorry, we have to do this. And it was like, oh, Jesus. Like, like Frank went like full mafia on this person. Really made McGinty like question how people see him. <laughs> yeah, a noose is trying to figure out his like identity. Frank is trying to mimic his friends' identities. <laughs> yeah, and, and we yeah. got another spice vampire at that shop, which was yeah, yeah. Frank's journey. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "There's no way Kevin's going to do this again. There's no way this is also going to be a spice." A noose witnesses it again and leaves the party a second time. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> 
Oh man. I, I am um, curious about uh, unless you have more spice vampire chat. I have a, I have a, no, a, no, 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 no. Uh, I have these like series of questions for people that like if they fit in, they're what if scenarios. Um, I like it. I'm curious about Anus. If like you, if if you ended up going with Full Wind and pursued a life on the road, being a band. What would what would that have looked like? What would Anusa's like future have been if you were just a traveling musician? That's very funny. Yeah, I mean the deck of sack, but because you because you wanted to be out there, and then he had to yeah. like kind of deny you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like Anus is looking for like a place. Like he's always looking for acceptance. He wants someone who's gonna include him and like say you have a purpose with us. And so I think at the end of the day, he, he feels he has more of a purpose with the party than he did with Taryn. But if Taryn had, like, said, yes, like, I've been seeking someone as well, and you're that person, <laughs> I think they would have done some pretty heavy-handed religious music that would have made a weird <laughs> amount of money. And, like, <laughs> the Mel Gibson of the music scene. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think he would have convinced himself. He would have convinced himself that, like, yeah, by doing music, I'm actually changing the world in my own way. Like, you would have ah, had that yeah. kind of vibe. Sort of a um, Bono. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's important to remember, much like ChatGPT. Like <laughs> much like ChatGPT thinks, you know, yeah. we are changing the world yeah. every time yeah. we do one of these well, episodes. On, so. on that subject, Luke, uh, like, I think most of us are on record of not loving listening to our own voices on the podcast. Like, oh, I sound a little bit nasally or less good than I wish that I did. Having Quinn on just amplified that so much. Like, <laughs> he sings this unbelievably beautiful song, and then you hear my fucking voice come in, and you're like, now, Thomas, what's your lyric? And I, have to, <laughs> I have to make the sound of a sack butt in the microphone. <laughs> just, oh. Yeah, no. he's like, you can choose. And then it's just like, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I listen, I try so hard to listen. I hate hearing my voice. It takes me like weeks to get to the last episode we did. And then I hear Quinn, and I'm like, this is going to pull me back at least a month of just like recover <laughs> recovering from. His I'll try to get people with worse voices Thank on the you. show. Thank yes. you. Yes. 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 You sound shittier he, he than you guys. also that he was funnier than us. Like, get someone who's at least like Honestly. bad at some stuff, you know? I'll get yeah. some shittier guests for the show. Yeah, and the whole time um, he's at the show, he's like lifting weights while we're recording. It's yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah. He was yeah, just very attractive. Yeah, in a, him and his in a meta way, though. <laughs> also, one thing that I really liked about having a guest was like, it felt like it was a little episode kind of like it focused the journey. It's like whatever we're doing right now, there are so many choices we could make, but right now we kind of have to serve the guest stars story a little bit. Right. And it helped. Right. It gives like, us some guidance. Yeah. And for a noose, it was like, okay, I'm going to like lean into the music stuff because that's what this character is about. It like gave me, I'm a not going to misinvest like, my energy yeah. for the next little bit. It just yeah, like yeah. focused things in a cool way. And it, it was like a little mini adventure about that character. So I, I think if we ever did that again, it, it was just a nice way to like break up the, the broader mm -hmm. world narrative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had a nice clear goal of like get the loot back, which yeah. is sometimes it's nice to just have a very simple do this thing. Yep. Yeah. Fun fact for people behind the screen, I've already mentioned this to some of you already, but I was actually originally planning to bring Quinn in as a guest in the Underdark. 
my original plans, now that we've moved on from the under district a little bit and stuff like that, and we've gotten Quinn in and out, I can kind of talk about this. But Quinn was supposed to, um, originally we had been like, it just, it was mostly timing. It didn't work out for him to come. But, but when you guys were going to go kind of, you went into the under district, then you went kind of a little deeper and then you went back up to the under district, right. To kind of get out of there. And when you went back, I was going to originally schedule Quinn to be a musician in a nightclub in the under district. It was going to be a little mm-hmm. different how we were going to do it. And we were actually going to use, I'm kind of a little sad we didn't get to do this because Quinn had like a cool, um, modulating um, music like it was like a Korg modulating uh, cool. thing that he was going to use to create like some more like weird uh, spacier kind of underdarky music but it didn't make sense with when we got up to the, the surface world it was just a little bit more traditional and things were going to be a little bit different so we ended up not scrapping the weird instrument but I was hoping to kind of like get like unique kind of unusual cool. music going on and stuff like that from Quinn who who uh, has like you know all kinds of instruments and stuff yeah. like that so that was like one thing we were going to do was going to have it be have his character sort of hook you in the under district rather than in the it would be uh, great in, in Helmover. you had his character at the trial of Mondor and Frank burned him to death and <laughs> in like, the closet waiting to come out and it's like ooh <laughs> those guys are dead now. literally the same place that, that Frank killed them was in a closet too, exactly so, it's perfect yeah, yeah. but Frank um, kills our guests unwittingly yeah and you know you follow Hute and Darsh you realize he's stolen it because his brother's missing uh, Clancy who seems to have been as you know um taken by mother uh and then sort of rejected by mother it would appear um that was a cool i really liked uh, how you described the sort of flashback to him pulling out the oh like body the, from the swamp and that was very like creepy. his own mother yeah. yeah or his own body and then like he yeah had like a long um, monologue that was really cool yeah yeah that was fun to do fun to write and mm-hmm. creepy very atmospheric Frank Frank um, did one of those like yeah. self owns in this episode where he was like, "Oh, I'm corrupted Classic. by mother's energy. Don't worry." Like, I volunteered, even though he. <laughs> you passed your wisdom saving throw and were actively disappointed. By oh, I was disappointed. Like it's, it, it would have been Frank fun. Doesn't have enough baggage yet. Yeah, Frank needs more trauma. He needs more problems. <laughs> Frank's the only it guy who fun plays just sort of like, ball and gets traumatized. <laughs> like everything he does <laughs> yeah. to his trauma. I'm being corrupted by this glove, everybody. Ooh, this glove I just found on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also important to note that happened in the episode. Frank, or not this episode, but Frank threw away the wild eye at some point as well. After the yes. after the issue with the noose, he was like, yeah. "Let yeah. me get rid of this fucking thing." Which um, which Frank the player like needed to Luke. Uh, the actor behind him wants it back. I need that back yes. so <laughs> badly. I'm, I'm sure, sure one of our villains has found it yeah. and is going to use it against yeah, us. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, we, you know, we found the the loot. Did uh, I guess Thomas or Anus? I, I wanted to ask a little bit about like what did you what did you think about the stuff that, that like what where's Anus's head at with this mother stuff now um you know we 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 interacted a little bit with you, you got to see some some sides of this this deity's work and we also know just to like kind of fast forward ourselves to the next few episodes for Anus specifically you know we talked to Malachite he gives you the pantheon mm-hmm. there's no mother listed in the pantheon or in the exemplars just sort of like the sub gods or the the, the, yeah. the deities just underneath the empowered ones so 
where do you, do you want to talk a little bit about like where Noose's head is at, what he's thinking, how that has been for him? Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely think like at the beginning of this chapter, Anus was starting to like try being a bad boy a little bit more, not in the mother yeah. sense, but in the like, I'm going to try some stuff that wasn't allowed. Like I'm going to drink, I'm going to have sugar, I'm going to like explore who I am. And then when he saw what happened to the guy in the swamp, that was really disturbing. He was like, Mother yeah. seems like so corruptive, like what a negative influence on these people. And then meeting Malachite and being so kind of in love with the wisdom of this turtle and seeing Mother not there, I think Anus has really challenged his belief system now. So he's, he's still exploring, and I don't think he's like, Mother is not it, but maybe he's more aware that like, uh, your belief system might there might be more to the world than you think um and he's, sure he's definitely sure. skeptical he's like almost afraid like he believes mm. but he believes that mother is like a bad god of some kind like ah, a corrupted god see. okay cool 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 that makes sense luke did you have more questions by the way i know we we got one of yours and i just kind of shifted away. i'm just tossing them in when when they fit you know i'm i'm a i'm an easy yeah. guy i'm 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 a tetris player just wherever they fit. <laughs> what? Because of the fitting thing. He said because he tossed yeah. them in. Wow. Um, okay, cool, cool. Well, you don't have to. Okay, I, that was me sort of lobbing one up for you, but you don't have to take it. Oh, um, no. I, 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 have, I do have more what ifs, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this is a McGinty what, what if. if. Um, okay. McGinty. I get the sense that like the baking side of his life just kind of happened where it's not what he's passionate about. If like what I think McGinty's passionate about is being a small business tyrant more than anything. Uh, what like as as a <laughs> yeah you're not yeah yeah as a restaurant owner he's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> like if we were, we're all to small business tyrants leaping out of the D and D world, if McGinty had a business in like our our in the real world, <laughs> like McGinty what would, was real. What, what would he be running? Like I, I, I want to feel. Uh, what's is he? Is he an insurance salesman? Is he Medicaid for all? Medicare kind of guy. <laughs> I, I think I don't know. Maybe I haven't um, expressed this. Maybe it hasn't come across. But I do think McGinty is legitimately passionate about baking. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it started off with him, you know, getting into baking and then realizing he could monetize, and the small business thing sort of came out of. McGinty's like, he really wants to be as good as he can be at something and very efficient and ruthless and maximize. Like, that's mm-hmm. just his personality, yeah, which he's all comes out of like being like an assassin. And, and, uh, yeah. so, and so he's just, it's it's like the business tyrant, I think, comes out of like being efficient and wanting to be like as clean and maximize revenue. Right, right. Um, the science of business and the math. Yeah, of so yeah. I think I think he would still be, I think he would have a pastry shop. I think he still would. Yeah. I, I, I would think... probably be in like St. B. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some f- more French influence. Right. That's a, and, a neighborhood Winnipeg. And, and like the, one of the appeals of the baking is the preciseness of it, right? Baking like is, the, uh, yeah, baking is like, what do they say? Uh, cooking is an art, baking is a science. Yeah, it's it's he's very much about precision and it's like, you know, working with poisons, working with weapons. Executing it's like, well. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what attracts him about with baking as well. It's very tricky. McGinty loves nailing a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen a lot of baking just because he's been on the road with you guys. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like 
if he, yeah, I think he would still very much want to run a patisserie. I mean, we did see a wagon baking. You think at the end? Hey, that's true. <laughs> that wagon was. <laughs> don't go a knocking if this wagon is <laughs> on <place>. fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. To segue to that. When when I McGinty read the note saying she's inside, that was like the scared, the most scared that I was as a player mm. for Harriet. I was yeah. like, oh god, no! Yeah. Immediately uh, checking that. So ring. what a chilling yeah. again. Well done, Kevin. Like what a chilling like oh the stakes are real moment. Yeah, uh, we did talk about this on air, but I do yeah. like that Matt Jackson's method of assassination <laughs> is always burn down where we are and fight yeah. in it. Yeah, he like, learned it from his method is. Honestly, let's light this place on fire and then see how you do. You know, like that's his like mo. If we fights well in the if we had a quick flashback onto the crowd of Mondor, we can see Mad Jackson in the crowd being like, "Huh, this gives me an idea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna become evil and burn things." A little bit. I was wondering if it might be an Avatar situation because we had like poisoned water, then we had like fire at the inn. Then we had the robotic flying machine. I was like, is there going to be... And we sort of had the Earth with the swamp monster. I never really put this together. But I was like, there's kind of an (laughs) elemental theme in this chapter somehow. That's interesting and literally uh, not intentional. I like it. um, Let's pretend I meant it. And we'll all be happier for it. Um, Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there are some, some, some details we're missing. Um, but one of my favorite things to have done so far was to voice Bleebly. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, fan favorite. Fan easily. favorite Bleebly. No, but I mean, also, firstly, we we cannot skip over the talk of the stand-up comedy. Yes. Um, that happened at uh, the Fool and Staff, which was a, a, a sort of Chuck E. Cheese-esque open mic <laughs> bar um, where, where Luke revealed his favorite player character that he's ever created. Drax did I say Shepherd. Did I say favorite? Is that what I said? I think it was clear. <laughs> you were relishing in, that. In your enthusiasm You're to play good. Drax, how much how much you really did appreciate Drax. Luke Kevin? W- what why? <laughs> um, no, Luke was like doing some problems. I would like us to clear the record yeah. and have have Luke explain what he meant by his sleep joke that we all reacted yeah, to. Yeah, okay. Because I think I think we misconstrued what he said. I would love I would love to to, to clear that, that up. What happens, Thomas? Uh, in in a different campaign that Jesse was running, my character did have stand up sets, so I had some notes scribbled, fairly incoherent, unlike anything else that I have. And it was just like a few words and like a spell name. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can make a joke out of this. So I did pull that out. And I was trying to remember what the joke could have been. And the intent was uh, how like a wizard uh, would sleep with someone. And then after they had consensual sex, they would then cast sleep. And then they could sneak out all like free. Like I I have a morning meeting, but in wizard world, it's (laughs) casting sleep. I mean, I still think that's weird. Why don't yeah. you let the person go to sleep on their own agency? Then what's the point of the... tired, Kevin. What's the joke, Kevin? What's the point of the ring of wizard in the joke? <laughs> you gotta buy in, Kevin. You gotta buy into the situation. Luke... 
this is like slipping someone rufal in after yeah, you. Like, it's still very problematic. <laughs> I'm just Weird. saying that if you remove the casting of the spell and the wizard, there is no joke. It is just someone saying I had sex with well, someone. Well, there's nothing funny if they don't do it unconsensually. I want to say I regret inviting Luke to re-explain this. <laughs> it's made it worse, for Holy sure. Holy shit, Drag Shepard is here. <laughs> Oh my! Um, Listen, there's God. a lot of spells in D and D where if you apply them to the real world, are incredibly creepy and, yeah, and invasive. Yeah. No, it's all bad. And re- and, the the and thing this that is why was... stand up doesn't usually exist in D and D. One of those fun yeah. magic I, I dice roll ahead, moments. Tom. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, Anu's no, no, no. doing well at the stand up with the, the dice twenty. Oh, just a God. the nat twenty was a so good. Just send like, the bar and thank. Like, what a chaos. gift! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a question related to this from a listener, Chloe. Mm. Oh, great. She asks, what is Anusa's comedy stage name? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Do comedians normally have stage names? <laughs> trying to think of like what? Like Neil t- Hamburger? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe Dweezil the Weasel? <laughs> <laughs> very that's, good. That's a radio that's show. Very right? That's good. like a noose's name <laughs> on the radio with a, one of the a noose is a You're shock here with shock. Frank and Dweezil the Weasel. Yeah. <laughs> Dweezil the Weasel. We're gonna have we're gonna have old McGinty sit on the Sibian this week. <laughs> I don't I didn't agree to this. Uh, oh, and then oh cast sleep. No, no. <laughs> This we Dweezil the Weasel we can't and release Drag this. Shepherd doing a oh podcast. My God. The it's Dweezil and the Drags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Dweezil the Weasel is a very good answer. Yes. Dweezil the Weasel. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay. And then, and then you know, so as I mentioned, Bleebly shows up. Um, <laughs> so... Fun fact about Bleebly's voice. I thought we voice. were going to skip past that. I thought I could, I, I, I thought I had to like use my beard and pull my cheek to do Bleebly's voice like this and flap his mouth around. I didn't you were doing that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, but I realized <laughs> with the last episode that I could just put my hand in front of my mouth and it would achieve the same effect and also and honestly, not hurt nearly as much. Way more like legible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Way easier to understand. Yeah, some of those... <laughs> <laughs> the last, I think it was the last episode of the episode before that, when him and Professor Glurpin are having a conversation. <laughs> I, I, I'm just like, this is the worst thing I've ever done. Like, you, have, you have to do the, the the Tom Hardy Bane thing, where they have to re-record the audio and put it over the movie because yeah, no one ADR understands. For the show. Yeah, when I sometimes have to recut in the recap, I have to go back in and be like, and Bleebly said. Just like, <laughs> yeah. well, I was wondering what would break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was born in the darkness. You were molded by it. Or whatever. Shout out to oh, Kevin, man. though, for all the NPC voices. They are very distinct. You always make like big choices, and it's it's really excellent. You like, gotta. You do it. I know. You gotta. I, I was imagining, like, if I, I was you. doing it, most of them would just be New Yorkers. Like, I would do <laughs> choices, but they'd be like, and it's me, the dragon, a I, 
fun fun fact about I do that when I run games. <laughs> I mostly New York. When you w- with Malachite specifically, his voice. Um, I started in a very certain place with it and then lost it like halfway through the episode because I just there's a lot to balance. I've got all these lore dump sheets and stuff, and so I'm just like trying to give you information and also maintain this type of voice that eventually turns into this voice. It's just an old man who's like, hello, it's me. And instead of having like, there was like different layers. So I had to like in the edit kind of beef him up a little bit and give him some, <laughs> give him some more, uh, Turtley sound, yeah. but uh, so, he yeah. wasn't turtley enough. You're saying he wasn't turtley <laughs> quite enough for the turtle club. Yeah, I, I love the, the Malachite was such a great character, and and I I enjoyed how he interacted <laughs> with us. And you you talked about us with us, Kevin, that it was like a call to adventure. And I remember yeah. McGinty deceiving Malachite to say, "Yeah, I'm interested <laughs> in this adventure." <laughs> um, and yeah. I. Was, my, Do you all want for, to protect this realm? Jesse. McGinty's like, can I roll a deception check? <laughs> yeah. For Jesse, because I know McGinty, like his primary motivation is the revenge and protecting him and his wife. But I'm curious if we were to take it as like a percentage at the beginning of the campaign mm. to now, how has that shifted? Like how much is about protecting his and his own and what percentage of him is starting to get pulled in the direction of like improving the world with us? That's a great question. I think at the beginning of the campaign, it would have been like 99% (laughs) McGinty's life first. Uh, And now I I still think it's, I don't think there's any part of him that wants to like save the world or believes in any sort of grand epic hero stuff. I think the reason he's going along with it is because he cares more about you guys, like your characters. And he's like, well, Frank's got to do this thing. Like I'm going to, I can I can provide assistance. Right. I've got some skills. So right. I think it's much more personal for McGinty. I think it's always just personal. It's like yeah. I'm gonna help the people that I've invested time with. Right. Um yeah, but I, I don't I think there's no Claire part of him that, that McGinty. McGinty's very much like an individualist, yeah. right? He's like a libertarian sort of. So he's very <laughs> much like, Oh, now that I've bonded with you, now I care about you, now I will Right. Now I will help you. Yeah. Protect those um, around. But yeah, he doesn't he like the world listen, the world's a crazy scary place and uh you get what you get. <laughs> is that McGinty or just that? <laughs> I, ooh, that was Flax Mepper. <laughs> Flax Mepper. He's a ventriloquist comedian. <laughs> I, I do like the, the growth on the McGinty side because I, I, my core memory of McGinty is the day that he upset everyone one after another in the caravan ride, and the last one was with like, yeah, didn't like. Frank got upset with him and got all huffy and puffy. Uh, I think that was McGinty, like, not McGinty, uh, Anus ran off on his own right before that. Yes. McGinty tried to connect with Rayel and just, like, looked at Rayel and and just started crying or something. And it was like, okay, I'm I'm just going to look out the window for the rest of this ride. (laughs) And just to, like, to jump to, like, McGinty's, like, stepping out for uh, his... Friends? Would he call? Would McGinty call his friend? Guess we'll have to find out. Guess we'll have to find out. <laughs> it's. I would say percentage wise, <coughs> it's like now it's more like sixty five percent McGinty, 
Whoa. What are numbers? Thirty-five <laughs> percent helping his friends. That is a big. Yeah, 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 I think so. Jesse has a sliding scale that I he sends to me every. Week. <laughs> Kevin, how does this feel? The <laughs> <laughs> kidney's up three points. Big big McGinty crash. Big McGinty crash. <laughs> We're taking McGinty's friendship to the moon on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> I've invested a lot of money in McGinty's friendship. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I guess I guess the other big sort of button of this campaign has been what Malachi kind of taught you folks about. You know, you found the fish water that uh, the poison from the fish water that seems to be romicide from the Underdark. Um, he revealed that to you. He revealed all kinds of things about the the pantheon of Valanus, um, about the four different planes: the Material Plane, Shadowfell, the Wild, and the Plane of Annihilation. Um, you know, I, I dropped a lot of lore in your laps mm-hmm. um, over the last little bit. I mean, obviously, listeners will be able to hear our, our episode that comes out next week about what wh- where we're going next and what's happening next. But where do you guys think we're headed next? What do you guys think is happening next? What do you guys think about all the stuff that you've heard from Malachi? I, I, you know, it's it's a lot to drop all of that on y'all. I've been having this, this lore sheet I've been building for a long time, and I just got to kind of pull the curtain back on a fair amount of it. So, yeah. I mean, I talked about a noose already, but I think it was interesting to have it broken down and and to sort of see how, in a way, I can't remember if it worked out this way, but it was like, there was Lolf, there's Obatus. It felt like each of us sort of fit into a different planar region in some way. Did McGinty with um, Profiteroth have a separate one as well? Like, it it was interesting to see the the makeup of the, the world kind of correspond yeah. to us and then a noose is like I don't fit anywhere on here like none of these planes <laughs> right. have to do with mother or me which was a good yeah. a good reveal yeah I like a noose uh, making his own little chart where he like draws in mother in relation to things <laughs> just like like a, big, like a backwards like, e <laughs> like in, in the same way that like Trump drew his own weather patterns for that tornado stuff, yeah, like it was like he has a, that he has the diamond shape. Yeah. There's another yeah. tendril off of it. Like, it's just yeah. super obvious. It was big. Letters. It wasn't intended to be there. He did yeah, the diamond and noose through the, the silk. Oof, but doof. Um, if you want to see uh, the planar map, uh, you can actually take a look at our social media page. It's on Instagram. It's on Facebook. Um, you can take a look and see where uh, what the planar map that I made a digital version of for for I sent to the sent to our folks here so that they could see could see what's up and who who's kind of jurisdiction is where just as like a little point of reference. And Kevin, um, is it true that people can buy that poster form for their own home? No. Not true. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Stop lying. Why the hell would someone want to buy <laughs> the planar map? Because they're invested in the lore, man. <laughs> that specifically, not like artwork or the characters of the pot or anything. Just the planar map. Jesse went to graphic design school. Nothing that he designed. We want to do. Want to do what I made? This like Kevin will say you send you a PNG for like <laughs> two bucks. Yeah, yeah. You Venmo me two dollars. I'll flip you a PNG real. <laughs> It's an NFT, but uh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> we, we're just getting into NFTs now. WWDINFTB. I don't know. Anyway, uh, um, Kevin, I, I do have a, a, a what if for you, which will tie into answering your your question. Uh, I feel that like 
with we keep talking about this island of time temple shit where I'm super excited to, to go over, but I feel like the island of Lenomo. That's the one, Lenomo. Great name. Where Frank heard that the Temple of Time would be, yes. And also where you guys heard there would be a cure for Romicide. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. so many, right. so much stuff. So like, I feel we're, we're going that way. Um, but what, we are an interesting party. We make interesting choices because that is what good storytelling does. We go off the path. In the world, Kevin, that you've created, I expect yeah. that there is a far more responsible party. There's like a four-person group that has made yeah, all... Two of them died in a closet fire. <laughs> <laughs> if Uglio had to go, Uglio had to go, okay? All-time all character Uglio. Uglio. <laughs> Uglio Rampart. You know what? That's actually... That's a good point, Jesse. I'm going to revise my question. Um, were, were it not for the trial of Mondor, what, what would that party of four be doing right now? Where would they be? Who would they be helping? Would they be building an oh, orphanage? Yeah. Or, like, what was the their life goal? The problems of Valanus would be non-existent had Frank not killed... No, um... The Chosen Ones. Yeah, no, I mean... There are other factors at play. I, I I know what you're kind of driving at, and um, you know what are what are the sort of alternate version of the. But but I, I think that like you know how how boring is it to just like be heroes the whole time? Um, and it fucking sucks. Yeah, but but you know I I think that there are other uh, adventuring individuals out there. Other people. I mean, one thing you that was revealed to you through Malachite was the existence of exemplars and what those are beings that the gods infuse with their own power or imbue with their own power and that there is a way in which so people would be there are some people who would be seeking control of that type of power there are some people who there's a lot of different um, balls in the air and even when we talked about Lorenzo and the Pale Hope earlier like that's a that's a relatively noble do-good group um, all things considered and and they have their own, you know, designs and intentions. And so there's like, the thing is like with a show like this, and I assume with many D&D campaigns, you know, you're traveling from place to place, you're moving on, you're getting new experiences and the world keeps turning in those places where you are before. And so like, sometimes we can go back and see or see the ramifications of that. And maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. Are there uh, four adventurers who, who kind of mirror your party? That's literally how I designed the people at the trial of Mondor was to be like a literal sort of foil for you guys. And when you reversed time and then murdered half of them, uh, there may be some consequences for that um, because they're not all dead. Just just two of them are. Kevin, honestly, um, if they come looking for Frank's blood, I don't know if if McGinty can fault them. But what, like you know, imagine just imagine for yourselves in a second if you guys imagine the first trial of Mondor and imagine if that right before the first trial of Mondor, one of the people from that other group you faced killed two of you, right? <laughs> just just like they killed a noose and Rael, yeah, but they were traumatized for playing childhood sports. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, Frank has oh right, that does make it okay. That's like through the roof. <laughs> yeah, and then and you know, you guys, you guys would have tried to kill them immediately, oh, right? Yeah, like for yeah, sure. yeah. Oh, we have like yeah. so many people after us now. In this party. The good it's news nice. is they seem real easy to kill. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. 
I will remind you, <laughs> yeah, Kevin, that uh, you Frank specified that he would happily let the other two live if they agreed to not follow us or <laughs> or have any repercussion. So, yeah, like, which he, he which laid... you all would also agree to exactly. So, yeah. and then you just lie, and then you just hunt after them. Anyways. No, no one in your party has ever not told the truth. That wouldn't happen. Yeah, you're all very this honest. Is, I think them. there's another party out there, four people with another rebel group that formed after the child king was elected. Right, and the, their goal the is to hope. take down the child king. Because the dark they think it's fair. The they think it's a terrible dark. idea. They're yeah. like, we can't have a child king. We need to plan a coup. Yeah. Yeah. And as they were traveling, as they were traveling through the city, they found this like super evil looking old man, and they're like, "That that man's evil. That old <laughs> yeah. man is evil." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys have a very interesting super sort of binary relationship man. with young people. They can e- only be like pure good or pure evil, and nothing else. I would yeah. say yeah. Frank yeah. has an interesting yet. relationship. It's mostly <laughs> Frank. Um, for, I have a question for yeah. Tash, because um, at at Malachite, you sort of asked about the prophecy and and spilling Nilo blood and whether that was legitimate and he seemed to sort of cast some doubt on that how how is that a discovery for for your character well i it, i would say for real it was interesting to <clears throat> pardon me um i want to say learn of like this other higher layer cuz i want to think or in my mind i had it that Lolth, I guess, tricked everybody in the Underdark that she was the all end all be all kind of thing. Um, so finding out that there's like even a bigger world beyond that, and that like her power can be it was given to her, so therefore it could be taken away, was like a big deal mm-hmm. for her. And mm-hmm. then the fact that learned about the whole blood spilling thing. Um, <clears throat> Cause, I feel like heard about it before, but now there's like even more doubt surrounding it. Yeah, I don't know. Malachite sort of said that. I believe the reveal from Malachite was that um, that uh, the power that like that that the that Mercule had said that it was that the, the the blood needed to be spilled because of something that Mercule had demanded of Lolth, mm-hmm. likely to maintain their power. Right, like if that does not happen, Lolth is promising the death and destruction of the entire race of Drow people and the entire Underdark civilization. Yeah. Um, and Malachite's saying that might not be what happens. Mm-hmm. It might just be bad for Lolth. Yeah. Right. Um. So yeah. No, it's cool, and like I know it just furthers the intrigue. Sorry, I keep okay. hitting the mic. Uh, furthering the intrigue is like why Nilo blood in particular. Right. right. Though. Like, is it actually necessarily have to be Nilo blood, or is that just because Lolth has a vendetta? Right, right. <clears throat> Where that comes from and why, and so we don't really know. Yeah. 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 Does anyone have any other big what-ifs they want to get out before we kind of spiral our way towards an end? I got one for uh, Tash. Mm-hmm. Oh. For Rael. Wow. All right. Is Lorenzo Rael's first crush, or oh. did she have... Maybe some some crushes or relationships prior to this campaign starting. I mean, there is one oak tree that she was pretty <laughs> fond of. But... <laughs> uh, I would say cut to first... the hottest end you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, a full like eight year relationship with this end. <laughs> Rings around her fingers every year. Uh, but yeah, hey. I guess it's... <laughs> so delayed. So delayed. <laughs> Thank you, Luke. (laughs) (laughs) But 
but um, got my back. yes, I would say first humanoid, uh, <clears throat> yeah, creature of sorts. Because mm-hmm. uh, after the exodus from being with Azura Mar, Rail was on her own for the majority of time until she kind of met up with Pilo and Ghani and their children. That's for sure problematic, yeah. right? Is <laughs> is she follow up? Is she? She's open to other options, though. Like, she was flirting with the shopkeeper. Not under Frank's It's not 100%. Her focus isn't 100% Lorenzo. She's, like, like, looking around. If they're hot, yeah, she's down. (laughs) (laughs) She's got big teen energy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Committed, but not really committed, you know? Did Rael have, like, a giving... Like a giving tree style relationship with that oak tree. Where you <laughs> oh, listen, no. it's about it's about give and take, Thomas. Yeah. It's giving boyfriend. <laughs> it's g- uh, um, yeah, I kind of want to. Did say you tap that tree? That, yeah, yeah, it was a giving tree type situation, and it got chopped down. Oh, <laughs> oh God, this is a tragic story. Oh my lord! Yeah, it's canon now. It's canon now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. Okay, that explains a lot. Yeah, yeah, it does, folks. I think we've kind of touched on most of our episodes. We probably missed something major. If you have questions or anything like that, you want us to get to, um, take take some time at any point and just DM any of our social media pages that'll land in our <laughs> inbox, and and I'll, I'll I'll keep a record of it and I'll bring up these questions when we do another recap episode. Um, we're about to dive into the the next leg of our of our journey. Um, so thank you for thank you for hanging out with us for almost fifty episodes so far, which is fucking crazy. Over two years now, everyone. It's wild episodes wild. Are coming out for over two years. Wild, yeah. Um, Kevin, is it is, is it true that we are the longest running D and D podcast out there? <laughs> yep. It yeah, is, Luke. I'd like to announce the 48 episodes. I got the plaque in the mail yesterday. It turns out that no D&D show has ever lasted as long as 48 episodes. Yes. Yeah. We are recording this in 2003. Yes. So that <laughs> <Yeah>. tracks. Yeah. <laughs> we are the longest D&D show ever. We have the longest episodes ever. Uh, that's probably not true, right? There's got to be some show out there that's doing like four hours. Oh yeah, no, yeah. is that a thing? It's yeah. 2003, so we've been playing with A D and D rules this entire time. <laughs> yeah. We've been getting them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're doing D and D two. D and D two. Man, I hope we get out of Afghanistan soon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, folks, thank you so much for listening to our recap. If you want to check out the rest of our episodes to come, please do. We're heading off on a new leg of an adventure. Also, I should mention this, actually. Uh, I recently guested on an episode of Dungeon Busters that is now out. So please look at that. We are busting cursed items. Cool. And a little tidbit. There might be some what we do in the basement, like, lore in that episode. There might be some, like, Easter eggs. Perhaps which you can wanted to which you can buy a poster in. a poster of if you wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a poster of it. Um, okay, and please please tune in next time when we when we do. I don't know how we end these episodes. I genuinely have no idea. Uh, yeah, so we say we just... bye and thank you for listening. I've been Thomas. <laughs> I've been Jesse. And I am Natasha. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. And we'll see you next time in the basement. Recap. 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 Recap.